0: heart soul mind and strength these are the four dimensions of human health this is where growth happens and it's addicting welcome to the growth junkies podcast well hey friends welcome back to the growth junkies podcast we are here once again to talk to you about the problem of fear yes Ben is here sitting across from me and we are actually taking um, Several episodes to introduce you all to a new book that we've just released called Mega Life How to Live Without Fear. Mm-hmm. And you can get your copy on Amazon today and you can follow along with us. And we're kind of talking through each of the 18 days in the book. So 18 days, 18 chapters, and it's meant to be something you kind of work through either in 18 days or 18 weeks, or I guess even 18 months if you're slow. Or like a recent story we heard if you're sick and on your back in like four hours. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, we had a gal who read through the entire thing because she couldn't sleep. So that's great. If you want to do the entire thing, you can do that, but we're taking our time to kind of go through each chapter and we're entering into day seven in the book and this is an interesting one because it's really kind of a flatly practical chapter Mm -hmm. we kind of turn a corner in this day Mm -hmm. and we want to talk to you about seven specific ways you can conquer your fear yeah so if you were to ask the question like okay guys you know you give us a lot of theory and philosophy and all this stuff Give us something like really like practical and useful. And so today, Mm -hmm. in this podcast, we're gonna give you seven practical
1: things you can do to overcome your fear. Yeah, and that's really what you can expect from us going forward is this is really a pivot to uh, kind of a posture of if I'm gonna reconstruct my life to reflect a mega life, where does it begin? It kind of begins on day seven. We've dealt with all of the other aspects of not shortchanging in the discussion on fear. So now let's get really practical and let's start building from here on out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're going to kind of uh, blow through seven specific things that you can do to overcome your fear. And then Ben, I'll just kind of unpack them a little bit with you. But hopefully it'll give you something to work on. And so in this chapter on day seven, we talk about the problem of fear being the greatest pandemic. Yeah. So the word pandemic is a really popular word these days. And if I were to ask you the question, like, hey, what do you think is the biggest pandemic right now in the world? Most people would say, what, Ben? Yeah, COVID. 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 That's the greatest pandemic in the world. And we would say, respectfully, wrong. It's not the greatest pandemic. In fact, what's greater than the problem of COVID is the problem beneath the problem.
1: Yeah. the fear that it generates.
0: Exactly. I would say I I think we can relate to this, that COVID has created all kinds of fear and panic around Mm. the world. People have changed everything to deal with this. It's divided people. It's created strong emotions. It has driven people to deep places of panic and fear to where they don't know how to respond, how to leave their house, how to have relationships. I mean, it has been paralyzing.
1: And I think it exposed probably some underlying fears that were percolating in the background for people too, not just generating new fear because right. of uh, something that was unexpected or we haven't experienced before, but then the the things that were sitting beneath the surface in relationships and in uh the way people were constructing life that got exposed through all of it yeah. and just raised it, like turning the volume up to 11 on on something that might have been lingering in the background already. I think there's been a lot of that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think and there's been other issues that have piled on top of COVID. There's been politics. Mm-hmm. There's been racial tensions. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff has been really, really, really difficult for people. But the underlying issue underneath all of that that's been awakened perhaps by these things is the problem of fear. Yeah. And the reality, as we've talked about in previous episodes, is all of us have fear and a lot of it's unhealthy so we're not dealing with positive fear like like fear serves a purpose mm-hmm. we've spent time on this right but there's a lot of fear that just is paralyzing and destructive and it's the fear that robs us of happiness of joy mm-hmm. and peace and all the things that we need in this life and so we decided it was time to talk about the problem of fear and so we want to deal with some specific
1: ways to overcome that fear yeah and these seven things really function as If you were going to take a proactive approach and begin to process ways of conquering fear, what would that look like? Versus leaving an issue of fear kind of up in the ambiguous or ethereal place of theory in your mind Mm -hmm. that people often don't go to. They don't bring it down and and begin to analyze it and then approach it directly. So that's what we want these things to do for you is, is be begin to orient a proactive approach to dealing with fear. Yeah.
0: And so we want to qualify this by adding that fear. Sometimes people feel like um, helpless to do anything about it like it just is. But we want to encourage you and remind you and challenge you to consider the fact that you can do something about your fear. You can push back. Right. There are things and specific steps you can take to specifically push back on the fear in your life so there are seven of them and so let's kind of march through these ben mm-hmm. yeah. and talk to our listeners about it here's the first one the first thing you can do to conquer your fear is simply knowing it's there <laughs>
1: Now it's, it sounds so obvious. It does sound obvious.
0: Sometimes too obvious.
1: Acknowledging it for what it is. Uh, I think that's fear.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what I think about? I think about uh, in the Rocky movie, there's this, there's a scene where Rocky like finally admits he's afraid. Mm. Like he, he he yells, he's like, I'm afraid. Okay. I'm afraid. Mm. And so the reality is a lot of us don't want to admit it. So it's a sense of like the first step to dealing with the problem is admitting you have one, right? Mm-hmm. So the first step to overcoming fear is to first begin by acknowledging and accepting the fact that there is fear in your life. Start by saying, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and then saying, what am I afraid of?
1: And I want to acknowledge something that happens really in in this first part of acknowledging our fear is often it can get shrouded or confused by other things in front of it. I was in a conversation this morning that where this happened specifically, and I I kept asking the person, "What are you afraid of?" Mm-hmm. Ultimately, and what they came back with was practical, working things, functioning things in their life. It was more related to leadership and work mm-hmm. related stuff. I wanted to get beneath the surface to the emotional part of what was being generated in fear and being afraid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be a little complex. We don't get there instantly. We might go to Other things that show themselves and we think it's in that, Mm -hmm. but really it's in these foundational fears that are beneath the surface.
0: Right. And we're going to dig into those because what we want to show you in the coming episodes is how all of these fears that we experience are often symptomatic of a deep foundational fear. There are certain fears we all share in common, but like you just said, you got to peel the layers of the onion. Yeah. Oftentimes this conversation begins with kind of admitting like, well, I think I'm afraid of like losing my job. Then the question is, okay, well, what is it that would cause you to lose your job? What are you afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of underperforming and maybe being criticized. And Okay, well then why are you so afraid of underperforming? What happens? Oh, because mm-hmm. I'll be viewed as a failure. So you start peeling back the layers of what
1: the fear is, but it all begins with admitting, I'm afraid. And that it's interesting. You bring that up because the particular individual I was talking to referenced what was going on as a leadership insecurity, feeling Mm -hmm. insecure about his ability to continue leading the way that he was. Mm -hmm. But what was really beneath the surface was the fact that like, what's going to happen to my future? I'm afraid for my future. Right. If this doesn't go well or something changes. The,
0: The deep underlying fear is like of security. You know, and so it might be like initially the fear you think is, what do people think of me? But underlying that is a sense of like, well, does this mean I'm a failure
1: and I'm not going to succeed in life? That's a deeper fear. And I think in this particular situation, it was more of loss of autonomy. Mm. Like I'm not able to continue to function the way that I have been freely. Maybe someone's going to get in the way of that Mm -hmm. and there's fear being generated. So interesting stuff. So
0: think of fear in this regard as kind of like an enemy. And one of the best things to do is to know your enemy. In fact, they say it's one of the basics of warfare is you can't find an enemy you don't know is there. Mm -hmm. So bring the enemy into the light. Say, okay, I'm afraid and this is what I'm afraid of. And be as honest and open as possible about it. Get it out on the table, bring it from the darkness into the light and you can begin to deal with it. And you know what happens when you bring a fear into Mm -hmm. the light? It becomes not so scary. Right. It disarms the power of it. A lot of the power of fear is when it's kept underneath the surface in the darkness Mm -hmm. is when you don't really No, it's like that sense of like ominous fear of something is not right, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes just by identifying what it is helps. Like, for example, when you don't feel well, You want to go to the doctor, not because you want to go to the doctor and go through all those tests, but there's almost a relief in simply knowing what it is. Yes, here's what you have. Oh, okay. So I have an infection. It's good to know what that is. It's not cancer. You know, it's Uh not something else. Right. Simply identifying, diagnosing what's going on. Yeah. So the first step to conquering your fear is simply knowing and I would add admitting that it's
1: there. Yeah. And the second one being okay. what you just referenced was identifying your own fears, mm-hmm. right? Being able to name it and, and go the distance and mm-hmm. understanding what it is and how it's functioning in your life. I mean, staying on medical things, like I've been facing a, a small medical issue for several months now. Mm-hmm went to the doctor, wasn't identified correctly. Mm -hmm. And I'm still having to deal with that. And I I have that insecurity of really knowing what it is. It hasn't been identified. Mm -hmm. And so there is fear in that. Maybe it's something worse than than I understand it to be. And that's disconcerting, it can be uncomfortable, and certainly cause, if I allow it, great fear in my life yeah so so admit that we're
0: afraid admit that there's something that scares me but secondly it's identifying what is the fear exactly mm-hmm. what is it and and this is where language comes into play yeah the ability to use the words to be able to capture because when you can when you can put a, a word to what you're feeling when you put a word to what you're afraid of yeah. identify the emotion that's right. attached to it then suddenly it feels a little bit less scary. Mm -hmm. So that's why step number
1: two is to identify
0: the fear, not just say I'm afraid, but what exactly am I afraid
1: of? Yeah. So to take my particular example that I just used about myself, if say I go to the doctor in the future and the word cancer is used, Mm -hmm. that's going to produce a specific kind of response in me. Right. That's very, very serious. Mm -hmm. If it's identified as something else, then... I'm relieved. right? It's lesser than that. But I right. don't have that luxury yet because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. It hasn't been identified by language.
0: And the worst part is not knowing, isn't exactly.
1: it? Exactly, it can be. I yeah. mean,
0: for a lot of people, like when they know that there's like a test that's been taken, you know, and they have to wait days or weeks to get the, the, the response to it, that's agonizing. Because you don't know what it is. And then mm-hmm. you left to your own imagination. Yep. So so you've heard the old phrase. We've used this phrase before. Get out of your own head. <laughs> Get out of your own head. Because in our own head is a bunch of space that we fill in mm-hmm. with all the things that could happen. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that really leads into number three. The third way to conquer your fear is by telling yourself the truth about your fears. This is all about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. You right. know, this From is... From previous is, day. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we, we, we're imprisoned to is this internal conversation or dialogue that we have with ourselves about what's really going on Mm -hmm. and we tend to sensationalize everything we tend to worst case scenario everything
1: Right? You're saying people do this? Oh, like I, am maul, I the only they one? They mull it over in their mind and come up with all kinds of scenarios that may or may not happen. Oh. It is interesting though, because bringing this up, I'm what I'm choosing to do functionally in, in the case of my situation is mm. not do that. Yeah. I'm not going to take it further than it needs to go. Right. I still lack information. I don't have all of what I need to mm. really draw a conclusion, mm. but I could spin myself out into all kinds of fearful situations That's in right. my head right. and emotionally if I allow myself to go there to be truthful i've done that in the past with things Mm. i've made huge issues in my mind and heart out of things that never happened yeah and i assume i'm probably not the only one you're not
0: (laughs) i remember reading a statistic there was there was some research that was done uh, by a professor at a university i think it was in florida that uh looked at the numbers the specifics of how many things we worry about actually come to pass Mm. and i think it found like like only like 10% or less of the things we worry about or Mm. fear actually happen. So maybe rather than dwelling on what could happen and probably won't, focus on what's really happening right now. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it's it's resisting the need to get in your own head And fill in all the space and say, I'm going to wait till I have all the information. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to cross the proverbial bridge till mm-hmm. I get to right. it. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to let my mind, my heart go to places of darkness to where my fear is going to be awful when I worry about something that quite honestly may never come to pass at all.
1: Yeah. And so what is true about what is happening? And that leads us to the next one. Yeah. is There are good things happening. Mm -hmm. And there are maybe some not so good things happening. Right. But there are people who live in a world where it seems like everything is dark and gloomy and to be afraid all of the time. Mm -hmm. Part of conquering our fears, we have to focus on positive things that are happening around us. Right. Now, let me let me say something here directly. This isn't just like the idea of positive thinking. We just need to be inserting more positive things into our life. Mm -hmm. No, this is an observation of what is real and true that is good going on around you. Right. It's not like trying to insert thoughts in your head to make yourself feel better about things. Mm The truth is, in everybody's life, you have good things happening, and you have some difficult things happening. Yeah, and to carry those with the necessary balance that they need mm. to be handled correctly. Yeah, you've heard the,
0: the phrase "count your blessings," you know. So, <laughs> you know, and that's that's an old something here from your mom. You know, count your blessings. But there's something about that actually stopping and taking inventory of the things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. the things that are going right. And here's the truth. In all of our lives, Ben, mm-hmm. there are things that are going wrong, but in all of our lives, there are things that are not going wrong. Right? There are things that are good. Mm-hmm. And the issue comes to where do you put your mental energy? Are you gonna focus? on the cynical things, the negative things, the things that aren't there, Mm -hmm. the things that you you want but don't have, or you're going to focus on the things you do have, the things that are going right. And so there was this development, you know, and a transition several years ago into what's called positive psychology. Mm -hmm. Now, positive psychology, people don't really know what that means, but in a nutshell, it basically means rather than focusing in on what's wrong with people, let's focus in on what is right Right. with people, you know, and I feel like there's something really meaningful about that. I would even say biblical about that. Because mm-hmm. even like Philippians, it says we are actually to focus on things that are good and pure and righteous and noble. Mm-hmm. And we're actually challenged to focus on the right things. So positive psychology, I'm just going to say is biblical, Ben. <laughs> I think it is. What's right with people? It doesn't mean you ignore what's wrong, but you don't fixate on what's wrong. We all know people, and maybe we're one of those people, maybe you're one of those people listening, that tends to fixate on everything that's not right. Mm. And then you wonder why you're miserable all the time and why you're so fear-based as a person. Mm. So there's a consistent theme that we see emerge in people, people who are positive thinkers, mm-hmm. who focus, they're, they're, they're not like ignoring reality. They're not you know t- turning off the truth. They know what reality is like, but they
1: choose to focus on the positive side, the proverbial silver lining of life. Yeah, and one of the bigger struggles we have that I, as I look around and talk to people in our society today is the, the fact that we We revise reality in all kinds of subtle ways. Mm -hmm. And that's not helpful for us. We have to be able to see reality for what it is. Yeah. Uh, Example of this, I was in a conversation recently talking to someone about sports and competition. And in certain places, like we have these ideologies or ideas about sports. It's like, hey, it's it's not necessarily about winning and losing. (laughs) Like it's about teamwork and building character and all of these things. And we tell ourselves these messages. Here's the only problem. Take a team to a game and then look at the scoreboard. Yeah. It's about winning and losing. It is. Let's be honest. If you go and compete against another team, right. the only thing that's happening there at the end of it is there was a winner and there was a loser. Right. All the other things about building character and teamwork and mm-hmm. and all that stuff does happen, mm-hmm. but if we start to tell ourselves that the result doesn't matter mm-hmm. you're kind of lying to yourself right the result does matter that's the culture we live in right mm-hmm. so we have to deal with reality the way it is we can't simply revise it to fit what we want yeah that's not helpful to us we well, need to hold these things correctly
0: and and the word we use in our household because right now we're having that very discussion <laughs> my, one of my boys is on a basketball team that loses every game you know <laughs> they, they they don't win any games it seems like they won one but they're really struggling and I struggle watching them play and I keep reminding them that the scoreboard is the official you know tally you might have played really hard and you might have been encouraging yeah. and you might by the end of the day you lost the game so we call it and here's the phrase character building <laughs> this and i even told him i said honestly there are things to be to learn that actually grow you as a human being not when you're winning but when you're losing yeah, can you lose well can you <laughs> can you and so the, the truth is i think we all learn better Not when everything's easy and everything's smooth and everything's perfect. We learn through the struggles and even the difficult things, the losses can be viewed positively when you say there's something to learn from this. I said, I said to my son, You know what? All the losing now is going to make all the winning in the future that much sweeter because you're going to appreciate it more. Mm -hmm.
1: And show me somebody who never loses and I'll show you someone that has no perspective on life. And when we spin ourselves away from reality, this is kind of what happens, especially if we're doing this with our kids. The thing is, they know if they're watching any sports on TV, they know that the scoreboard matters. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can't lie to them. Right. Here's a case in point. We're in the Olympics right now. And Winter Olympics are going on, and every 30 minutes, what do you see? Mm. A graphic that comes on on who's leading the medal count. Right. Well, if the medals didn't matter, we would never show that graphic. That's right. And so if you keep telling people that the results don't matter, Mm. I'm not saying that this is a good thing that the results matter at the level that they do. I actually think there's something Mm -hmm. really harmful about Mm -hmm. that to people. But they go and watch sports on TV like in professional golf. Who are the guys you see on Sunday? Mm -hmm. You don't see the guys that missed the cut that aren't there anymore. Right. You see the top five players who are playing for the trophy. Mm -hmm. People pick up on this. We can't revise reality. We need to see it for what it is. And to tie into that, something that's been really popular in recent days has been gratitude journals, Mm -hmm. writing down the things that are real and true that you're grateful for to balance things out. Yeah. We need to have a lot of positive things going in on the other on the other side of the scale and not just fill our life with negative things and yeah. fearful things.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've seen, speaking of Olympics, I've watched some of the interviews with the athletes who have fallen <laughs> and whatever, and they've blown it. Like, they've really blown it, and they're sad about it. And, they, you know, it's okay to feel that way. But there's a difference between those who kind of blow it and they just kind of give up. hmm and those who say, you know what, I blew it, but I'm going to move on to the next event. I'm going to let go. And, and I, I applaud those people because they're choosing to focus on the positive stuff because the reality is that holding on to the negative stuff and giving up is mm-hmm. never gonna help them grow. And it's gonna affect, how many people have like, you see them like do a skating routine or something and they slip and they fall, and then they slip again and again mm-hmm. and again. Mm-hmm. They've lost it mentally. Mm-hmm. So the reality is that in the game of life, once you fall, if you dwell on the fall and your mind stays on the fall, you're gonna keep falling. Yeah. As opposed to just say, okay, I fell, let's try again. So the whole point here is it's about attitude. Mm-hmm attitude. I once heard someone say attitude determines your altitude. Mm. And I think that there's something about that. Mm. Your attitude, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? So one of the ways to overcome the fear in your life is choosing to be an optimist, Mm. not because you're trying to ignore the truth or live in fantasy land, but because you know there's real
1: value in focusing on the good stuff. Yeah, we have to balance it out and we have to be proactive in doing so. Mm -hmm. You bring up an interesting point about the Olympics as well, because what do we normally see? We see medals and successes or we we see catastrophic failures. Right. We don't see the in between mm. a lot of times. Right. So we have to undo those messages in our life. We yeah. we'd be foolish to think that we're not influenced by it and we can be. Right. So we have to be proactive about inserting the right things into our thinking.
0: Yep. Okay. So the fifth way to conquer your fear, here we go. Moving on is by surrounding yourself with the right people. This is a big one. This is a really big one. Um, it's been said, and I agree with this. I think it was Jim Rohn who said this originally that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. So the reality is if you spend your time with five cynical people, (laughs) you're going to be cynical. (laughs) If you're going to surround yourself with five really serious people Mm -hmm. who can't laugh, Guess what you're going to be? However, you surround yourself (laughs) with happy, optimistic, loving people. Guess what you're going to be? Chances are it's all about the community you surround yourself with. Even in the Bible, it says that you become like the the people you spend your time with. So choose your counselors. Well, so your counselors are your friends, your relationships. So maybe just maybe part of the problem is that you surround yourself with toxic, fearful people. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I've noticed this. Um. Tribes, crowds of fearful people go together Mm -hmm. and they tend to stoke each other's fear. They tend to make it worse for one another. So here's the thing. If you're hanging around people that tend to be really fearful about everything and they tend to be, you know, um, skeptical and cynical about everything. Get away from those people. Yeah. Don't don't get in that tribe of people. Shed the toxic relationships and find positive relationships. Yeah. One
1: of the traits that I really appreciate about people that I spend time with I like being a pa- around realistic people mm-hmm. I want people who are going to talk honestly and openly about what is truly going on in life they're mm-hmm. not going to ignore it and pretend like it's not there but they're also going to look at it through a lens of opportunity growth but they're realistic about what they're facing yeah because that is what we need yeah like to try to lie to yourself is not helpful and so I want to be around a lot of those folks that Are taking that approach and coming from a realistic standpoint, one of the places where this is a real struggle in our society today is with the next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, There's things that are going on for our kids that we need to be aware of where uh, friends are showing up really struggling and they start sharing things with one another Mm -hmm. and they find them often they find themselves feeling responsible for what's going on with the other person. And our kids often don't know enough to be able to distance themselves from their friends. Yeah. And everything seems like reality to them. What the struggles are going on for a person or what they would deem as a trauma. And a lot of times they're using language that they don't even know what these words mean.
0: Well, at that age too, <laughs> with teenagers, everything's catastrophic. Yeah. Like, like literally I had a fight with my best friend. My world's falling apart. Sure. And, and, and the thing about fear, and this is really important, Ben. Mm-hmm. it's contagious. Right. Fear is contagious. And so is happiness. Happiness, coincidentally, is also contagious. (laughs) So choose your poison. You know, what are you going to contract? If you surround
1: yourself with infected people with happiness, chances are you will contract happiness. Yeah, we say shedding toxic people... And adding healthy people to your life is essential if you want to mm-hmm. be happy. Yeah. Happiness is contagious. Yep. And the best way to contract it is expose yourself to more joyful people. That's right. So here's the thing. Choose better friends. <laughs> Choose better friends. Sometimes there's just the best way to say it is very directly. It is.
0: And, yeah. and listen, you if you need permission to shed toxic relationships in your life, you have it. The reality is for your mental well-being, for your emotional well-being and the ability to overcome the fear in your life, you might need to step away and create space between you and other people in your life because they're chronically negative, chronically fearful. I see it all the time. And if you surround yourself with those people, that's what you're going to be.
1: And there might be some where it's more difficult to do than others, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes family members or other situations, it can be difficult to, to create the kind of distance. Um but the reality is you can find mm-hmm. some really good folks and balance things out with having healthy people in your life. Yeah.
0: So we, we talk about this thing called boundaries. That's a whole nother subject, but have some healthy boundaries. But at the end of the day is surround yourself with the right people. That's something you can do right
1: now. How about the sixth way, Ben? Yeah, something functioning inside those good relationships, which is mm-hmm. asking for and receiving help from others. Yes. We can't do this alone. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how hard it is for people to ask for help.
0: This is one of the hardest things. I've talked to too many people who say, I'm a helper. I love to help other people. And then I ask them, well, do you ask them for help? No, I never do that. I don't want to be, ready for this, a burden on anybody (laughs) else. And then I say, so the people that you're helping, are they a burden to you? Well, no. Then why do you think you're a burden to them? Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. And yet there's something that's blocking us. From being able to have the courage to be able to ask for
1: help when we're afraid. Yeah, we talk about the concept of of having good people to travel with mm-hmm. in this particular day. And I think that's a key element of what we're mm-hmm. discussing here is who's walking through life with you. We have this concept in the Institute and, and others have talked about it too. a life team. Yeah. Who's surrounding you that is traveling with you. Mm-hmm. That's helping you carry life in various different aspects. Man, when that's present and you have it, there's relief that comes to you in situations where, imagine if you're sitting there dealing with it all on your own and you don't have someone else to express it to and uh, to provide comfort and help in in working through a difficult situation. That's why we need people to travel with.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so, I mean, let's just illustrate this. I mean, imagine you're walking through a forest at night (laughs) by yourself.
1: Where is this going?
0: Well, I just... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's as far as it's going that's okay. scary you're in the forest it's Could dark be. there's no moon out and you hear every noise and you're scared to death but you know what changes it radically one other person walking with question you. question is how did you get to the forest oh well i don't know <laughs> just imagine you're already in one it's getting scarier by the minute <laughs> i i i don't want to be in a dark forest all by myself no but if there was just one other person with me It makes a world of difference. So like even at home, you know, like when I I travel, for example, um, my wife lets our daughter sleep in our bed. Hmm. So part of it's because the company, just the company, so it's not like my wife thinks my daughter, my 9-year-old daughter is going to protect her. Sure. You know, oh, if something happens, you know, she'll protect me. That's not it. It's just simply having another person in the room mm-hmm. makes you feel safer. Right. So there's some there's power in numbers. Staying in groups. That's why they say don't go by yourself places. Not just for safety, but for your well-being. Mm-hmm. It life is so much less scary when you go in
1: groups, when you go with other people.
0: So choose your life companions and walk
1: together. And when the final Mm. thing we're talking about here out of the seven, when love is present Mm -hmm. in those relationships and a foundation to what is happening, Mm -hmm. things are just way better in in getting fear out of your life. And we we had a recent conversation in our home uh, about the condition of our home and what we want it to be. You know, the world can be hard and it's hard for a lot of people in various different ways. And what we've been trying to teach our kids is the fact that the home does not need to be that place, right? We don't want to add to the difficulty. Mm -hmm. We want this to be a place of safety, of comfort, Mm -hmm. where you're loved and you know that, Mm -hmm. and then you can go out and function in the world and come back and you're Mm -hmm. going to be appreciated and valued and and loved here. When that kind of condition is present in your life, in the relationship and healthy relationships you have. It's much easier to deal with the difficulties and fears that you face. Oh, yeah. It's so true, Ben. I mean, you show me a person, show me anybody who feels
0: genuinely loved and therefore safe and secure, who can't handle life. Mm it's always the person that doesn't have that that gets beat up by the world. That the fact is the world is harsh, the world is hard, but when you are in a place where your home is safe and secure and you love and you are loved, there's a safety and security that pervades your life that the world's just not so scary anymore. And so for a lot of people, it's just identifying the fact like, am I loved? Am I loved completely and wholly? And when you understand that you're fully loved, and you're able to love other people fully, then fear is displaced. I mean, fear is really loses power and stronghold Mm -hmm, over you. People who are most scared and most fearful are the ones who struggle the most
1: with love. And we understand what we're saying here. I mean, it is one perspective that we don't wanna make it sound like it's so easy mm-hmm. to feel and experience that in life. We mm-hmm. we all have difficulties and complications right. related to how we learned to love in life mm-hmm. or how we learned to bond to others. So we want to recognize that there people might face challenges here and have to do some learning and some growth. We talk about it later in this day of a resource that helps with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to make it sound like it's, oh, it's so easy just to know that you're loved and to love. Mm -hmm. It can be one of the most challenging things to learn in life. The point of this is it's worthy and worth doing and going to the other side and pushing as hard as you can to get to a place where you're bonded with others, and you feel like you have the stability that love provides. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not easy. None of this is easy, but it's worthwhile. (laughs) Exactly. And so the the thing about it, the love is in the Bible, for example, there is this dynamic in the book of first John where it actually says that those who are perfected in God's love, there is no fear that perfect love. And here's the phrase casts out fear throws it away. So even biblically, Ben, Mm -hmm. you know, and we share that we're Jesus followers. So we believe the Bible is God's word. And that says pretty clearly that love has this power to overcome fear. And when you're perfected, and actually the word there means like matured, meaning Mm -hmm. you understand it, you really grasp what love is, the ability to to know, want, and do what is in the best interest of Mm -hmm. another person. Mm -hmm. And when you know that somebody else feels that way about you, when you really grasp that, you're perfected in love. There's no fear. Right. There's nothing to be afraid of. People can walk into life and say, listen, the worst thing you can do is take my life. I'm not afraid of that because Mm -hmm. I'm loved. Yep. Nothing scares me anymore. And so how would it be to live life without any fear? We hear this phrase fearless thrown around. Hey, let's be fearless. Let's do fearless <laughs> the, look the like? only yeah. way to be truly fearless mm-hmm. is to be fully loved. And so for a lot of people, and here here's another part of this it's not trying to find love, it's realizing you already are loved. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in future episodes is that that every human being is worthy of love. And every human being, by the way, mm-hmm. if you believe in God, God says he loves every human being. Right. So you are loved, fully loved, fully accepted. And if you believe and accept that, you have nothing to be afraid of. Right. Because really even good. death. Even death, Ben, mm-hmm. results in life after death. Yeah. I mean, even people who follow Jesus would say, I'm not afraid of death because when I die, I believe in the afterlife, I believe in eternal life. So I'm not afraid of death. And what, what would life be like if you're not even afraid of death?
1: Yeah, you're bringing up and highlighting the fact that what we believe matters significantly. Yeah. And so there are probably people who are listening who often feel helpless mm-hmm. related to their fear. Right. So what is the encouragement from the seven ways we just gave? to conquer fear. It's this, you have permission to not be a victim, right? You don't have to be helpless related to your fear. Mm-hmm. There are ways to overcome it, to be proactive and to move into it. We've, we've given you the starting point and we want to walk alongside you. And that's part of what this podcast is doing, but other ways we can help you. If you know, if you reach out to it, we can do that. Yeah. We can help you in those ways, but you don't have to be a victim Yeah, to your fear. Yeah, and feel helpless. Yeah, we have this pervading question in the
0: book, which is, you know, what is the most powerful force in the universe? Mm-hmm. You know, and we've people say, <laughs> well, it's, it, it's fear. Sure, sounds like it is because everyone suffers from it, right? But it's not. No, it's love. Yep. Love is more powerful. So we wanna leave you with that thought. So anyway, maybe get to work, try these seven things, try even one of them, kind of begin working on them. But our goal is to help free you from the prison of fear. So we're gonna spend more time on this. We're gonna get into how love actually displaces the fear in our lives next time. So join us again on the Growth Junkies episodes as we talk about mega life, how to live without fear. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. We also have a new book coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, continue growing.